you have a Bible, turn to Philippians chapter 2. Um, if you don't, the scripture is printed in your bulletin on page 6. There's a place to take notes on page 7. Um, we're going to read verses 12 through, uh, through 16. This morning, so Philippians 2, verses 12 through 16. Friends, listen. This is God's word. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or questioning, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life. This is God's word. <clears throat> okay, so we are this month studying the Bible's teaching on regeneration. Okay, the, the spiritual blessing, it's called regeneration. And uh, the idea here is that when we commit to Jesus, God regenerates us. Okay, and here's a definition. Regeneration is the act of God where he puts spiritual life and strength in us, restoring us into his image. He makes us new inside. This is what regeneration is. And it's interesting because in this passage, in verse 12, like the main thrust, the main thrust of the passage in verse 12, is it's sort of in the center. It's that, it's that phrase, work out your own salvation. Right? It's, it's work out. Paul, the author of this letter, is saying that Christians need to work out spiritually. Okay, so spiritual workouts is what he's commanding. And it's interesting because we understand the principles of working out in the physical realm. You know, our bodies are very different from most machines, okay? Think about this just for a second. Most machines don't improve with use, okay? If you have an old pickup truck, that old pickup truck is not going to become a Ferrari if you drive it faster and faster and faster, right? Um, a stopwatch, if you use it over and over and over again, it's not going to become a, a laptop, Okay? Most machines don't get better. They don't get stronger. They don't become, um, they don't improve with use. But the human body is different. Okay, the human body is different. And, and weightlifters are an extreme proof of this. Okay? <laughs> weightlifters prove that working out makes muscles strong. Okay? The harder you work, the, the muscles of the human body, the stronger it becomes. Right? The more you work out, the stronger you get. And then the opposite is also true about the human body. Unused muscles, they don't remain preserved. Right? They don't stay in mint condition if you don't use them. They actually begin to waste away or atrophy. So, this is the uh, character from the movie Wally, right? Remember him trapped in space on a ship as the captain of the ship in the animated movie Wally, right? And the whole human.
human race is stuck on this ship, and they've been really sort of bred and trained to not work out at all in any way. And so this is what happens. Unused muscles waste away. And so it's interesting because the reason that working out works, okay, is because you have muscles. Okay, that sounds kind of simple. Muscles are given you at birth. Okay, they are in you. And so you work out what's in you. And you get stronger, more flexible, you get quicker. Okay? And so this is the principle of the physical realm. What Paul is saying in our passage in verse 12, he says, work out your own salvation. Okay? In the gym, you say, yeah, I'm going to work out my abs, I'm going to work out my legs, I'm going to work out my arms. Paul says here, work out your own salvation. Okay? That's what he's saying here. And so the first thing I want you to note, I want you to note what it does not say. Okay? Let me show this to you. He does not say work for your own salvation. Okay? I mean, look at the words, right? It says work out your own salvation, not work for your own salvation. This is important because salvation is a gift from God. Okay? We don't earn our salvation. Okay, when you work out, you don't burn muscles. Okay, when you work out, you strengthen the muscles that you already have. Okay, and Paul makes it clear here that you're not working for your salvation. Because look at what he says in verse 13. He says, for it is God who works in you. Okay, so God works something in you. This is regeneration. Okay, where God makes you new inside. Regeneration is an act where God gives you spiritual muscles. And Paul is saying, now I want you to work out those new muscles. Are you with me? So we can say it another way. It's probably the best way to sum up these verses. You work out what God works in. You work out what God works in. Makes sense, right? Work out your salvation for God's at work in you. God works it in, you work it out. And so, let's see, and, and I guess this is just an important point because so many people get this wrong. Okay? So many people think that Christianity, even Christians think this, that okay, we have to obey or God's not going to love us. We have to obey or God's not going to save us. And that's backwards. Backwards. Our relationship with God begins with God's extravagant and abundant grace. It's undeserved favor. Okay? Jesus said, I didn't come to call the healthy, but I came for the sick. Right? Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who are weak. Blessed are those who can't do it. Blessed are those who can't help themselves. Right? This is what Jesus' message is. And so Jesus comes and saves us before we do anything. You know, we've been talking about that the last few months, right? He, he justifies us. He, he forgives us, accepts us as righteous, and then he adopts us. And he does all of that before we do anything. We simply commit to him. We trust Jesus' death and resurrection, and then God saves us. And he gives us a regeneration. He gives us these spiritual muscles, and then he says, work them out. Okay? And so it's just important. Christianity is not about what you do, what you don't do. Christianity is about your relationship with 
And so, um, what does it mean to work out your own salvation? Okay, I, I think it's really clear if we look at verse 12 without some of the extra clauses. Okay, so let me just show you what I mean. This is what verse 12 says. It says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now work out your own salvation. Okay, you see that? So all I did was take out the, um, as you've always in my presence, but now much more in my absence. Just sort of take that out. That's important, but it's not germane to what Paul's uh, point that we're looking at here. And what is revealing about this is that there's a parallel. Okay, there's a parallel that teaches us what it means to work out your own salvation. Okay? As you have always obeyed, so now work out your own salvation. Okay, so the phrase work out your own salvation is in parallel with obey. Obey. So up to this point, you've always obeyed, so now keep obeying. So now work out your own salvation. It's interesting because what he's saying here, working out your salvation is obeying God. Okay? It's following the way of Jesus. And this is interesting because I think for so many of us, um, obedience, when you think about the word obedience, when you think about the word obey, usually those have kind of those can have some bad connotations. But a lot of people think obedience is drudgery, it's painful, or it's frustrating. But what verse 12 says, verse 12 says that obedience is salvation. Obedience is salvation. And this is what the text says. Right? As you have always obeyed, so now work out your salvation. And so, let me just make sure we don't misunderstand Obedience doesn't earn your salvation. Obedience is how you experience the salvation that you have. So, with our City Bible reading, our Bible thing in the Thanksgiving box, when we thank Jesus for our salvation, it talks about in the City Bible reading journal that salvation is both past and present and future. Okay? Um, and so, how do we understand that? Well, in the past, when you first believe in Jesus, you are saved from the penalty of sin. Okay, Jesus took your penalty on the cross, and you are forgiven. Okay, that's the past. Well, in the future, you will be saved from the presence of sin. Okay, God is going to remake and reshape the entire heaven and earth. He's going to remake everything so it's perfect. And in that moment, in that day, in that age... We will be freed and saved from the presence of sin. So past and future, well, in the present, you are saved from the power of sin. You're saved from the power of sin. This is what happens. What happens is that God gives you, when he regenerates you, he gives you spiritual muscles that can be stronger than the temptation to sin. They can be stronger than selfishness. They can be stronger than brokenness. They can be stronger than bad habits or addictions or just the way that you respond to your spouse or your boss or your coworkers. Right? I mean, all of us struggle. Like, we all struggle because sin has this power over us. Um, and what Paul is saying here 
is that obedience is salvation. That when you obey, when you follow Jesus' way of life, you experience your salvation. You experience more of Jesus. Okay? Um, and this is related to what we saw in our assurance of forgiveness. Right? That Jesus became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Right? So Jesus came, and in his life, um, he humbled himself. He put others first. He always served. He did it perfectly. And so he obeyed all the way to the point of death, where he gave his life for us. And so God exalted him. God raised him from the dead and has made him more important than anybody else in all of creation. So everyone is going to bow down to Jesus at some point. Everyone. And Paul is saying here, he wants you to work out your salvation. Because when you obey, and let's just be honest, sometimes obeying feels like death. Right? Because we have to die to ourselves. We have to die to what we want. We have to die to what's comfortable. We have to die to what's, you know, but when we do that, Paul is saying we're working out our salvation. We're experiencing more and more of God's power in us. And so he's saying, work out. Every time you obey, especially when it's hard, you get another taste of what it was like for Jesus. You get a closer sense of what it was like for God as a human being. And God's promise is that when you do that, you will experience more of his life. So, we had a serious conversation about this in our home this week. Okay? Um, we just had a major ordeal where we were talking with the kids about loving each other, caring about each other. It's amazing how hard that is. Um, not just for adults. Um, and, uh, and we had to take away some things. We had to put some major restrictions in temporarily, so that we could enforce the importance of what was going on, because like the fabric of our family felt like it was being like destroyed um, by the way the kids were treating each other. And, uh, and it was interesting, because as we were talking about this, the kids were frustrated, some of them all were frustrated or angry, um, and they just kind of got exasperated, like, well, look, I just can't do this. Okay, you want me to respond and love, but I can't. I just can't. I've tried. It doesn't work. And, uh, and so we were like, well, this is why we pray. Kids, well, we pray. We'll pray with you. We'll pray together. And uh, it was interesting as we said that. And this is what I love about children is they're honest. And they will say what's on their heart. And they won't think, no, I'm not supposed to say this. And so the response was, you know what? I have been praying this. I've been praying this every night for, for, for the last three weeks. And God doesn't care. can't lose this argument, right? God, I'm like, God, what, what do we do? Because I've been there. I've been, I've prayed with them. I've prayed with him. I've prayed with her. And I've been there listening to these prayers. I've been so touched by the heartfelt nature of their prayers. And yet here we are. And they're right. Any different. It doesn't seem like God's doing anything to change things. And 
uh, so I'm just praying like that. Lord, what are we going to do? Lord, please give me wisdom. I don't know what to say. I don't know what the right answer is. Maybe there isn't a right answer. This really doesn't feel like the place we should stop this conversation. I don't want to leave you. You know, like, come on, what do we do? And, um, and so at one moment, so I just, I asked. I said, well, help me understand, like, what do you think it would look like for God to answer your prayers? Prayers that I've heard you ask. To be more loving, more understanding, more kind, not thinking about just yourself, but thinking about others. Like, what would that look like? And the answer was like, oh, I don't know. Um, and I said, I think, I think I might have an idea here. I think that your expectation is that if you pray this, God is going to zap you, kind of like the genie with the lamb. Like, God's going to just sort of zap you and make you a prince. Right? It's going to be easy. It's going to be, like, effortless. And I said, I don't think that's how God answers our prayers. At least that hasn't been my experience. My experience has been that when we pray for things, what God does is he reminds us that we have everything that we need in Christ. He has given us every blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Ephesians 1, 3. Everything we need for life in God is 1 Peter 1, 3. Um, he's given us all this, and so he reminds us that we have these things, and then he puts us in the situation where we actually need to do something about it. And they're like, huh? <laughs> um, I said, so you're praying that God would make you more understanding and more loving. And so God is putting you in the situations with each other where you get the opportunity to be more understanding and loving. And they're like, but we don't want to be more understanding and more loving. I said, I think that's the problem. <laughs> I think that's the problem. Um, is that, look, you're praying God make you this way, but then you get into the situation and you don't want to be this way. And so, I'm not trying to be harsh, kids, but whose fault does that sound like it is? God's given you the ability, and he gives you the situation where you can try it out. And you don't want to do it when you're in that situation. And, um, and that kind of led us to a place. So at one point, Nathan says, wait, wait, so do you mean that we pray for something? All God's going to do is put us in a place where we have to do it? <laughs> and I said, yeah, um, I think so. I think that's how it works. on this this Sunday even. And this is what Paul is saying to us. Paul is saying, work out. I'm going to give you some reps. I'm going to put you in the gym. I'm going to give you those people. And if you really want to grow, then you're going to get a chance to this week. And I think that's how it works. I think that's how it works. God has given you love. He's given you the, the little love muscles, the patient muscles, the, the understanding muscles. And he says, I, I just, I want you to work out your salvation. I want you to work out your salvation. And lest you be discouraged, and don't forget verse 13, because it is God who is at work in you. God is working in you. When you remember that, when you think about that, like, are 
you strong enough? No. But God is. God is. I want to show you this one thing when we're close. If you flip back to page four in your bulletin, the, the confession, the assurance of forgiveness, look at the assurance of forgiveness. Look at verse five. It says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. And it goes on to tell us what the mind of Christ is like. Right? Jesus humbled himself, serves others, cares about others, gives his life for others. Paul says, if you're following Jesus, this mind is yours. It's yours. It's yours. Because you've been regenerated. This is what God does when we follow Jesus. This is God, when he gives you spiritual muscles, what he does is he gives you a new heart that loves the way Jesus loved. He gives you a new mind that thinks the way Jesus thought and thinks. Right? So he's giving you these things and he's saying, like, work it out. Work it out. And so, here's what I want you to do this week. Um, I want you to think about an area where you can do spiritual exercise this week. Okay, we're just talking seven days. Okay, I'm not going to put you on a year-long resume, just for seven days. I want you to think about, it could be a situation, it could be a struggle, it could be a person. But just think about one thing that would be a spiritual workout for you. Okay, and I, I encourage you to write it down. You write it down um, so that you remember, so that it means something. So you don't just think about it and forget when you leave. Right. Um, and I want you to write down or, or just or conclude what would it look like if you were spiritually strong? How would you respond if you had the strength of Jesus? How would you look if you had Jesus' own strength? And I want you to pray that God would help you to work this out. Christian, for those of you who are here are Christians, um, how would you like to have the power of God in you? How would you like to have God at work in you so that when you go to work out, you know that there are muscles there? You see, to commit to Jesus, just confess your sins, trust in his death and resurrection for you. Let's pray together. Father, for not leaving us alone. Uh, and thank you for calling us to work out. Uh, we confess that so often we are just like my kids. I know I am just like them. Where Lord, I've prayed for things and just expected for you to just make it effortless, to make me flawless without any effort. Lord, I've used my prayers as a substitute for action. And I'm sorry. Lord, I pray that you would forgive us and give us a clear vision for how you want to work in us this week. God, we want so much to experience more of you. We want to experience a deeper sense of our spiritual connection with you. And we pray that you would help us this week by letting us obey you in ways that would remind us of who you are and what you're like. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
want to invite you now to come to the Lord's table. Okay, this man and look to me and receive God's benediction. Friends, work out your salvation this week with fear and trembling. Because God's at work in you. Do nothing with grumbling or complaining. But be God's chosen people. Be a light in this twisted and crooked generation. And hold fast to God's word of life. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.